Hey everybody, I'm Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to a very special edition of Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. I have to talk slow because we have so much going on, it's hard for me to keep track. Our guest today making a return appearance, first time he's been on in a while, and Sonia Mayer, David Cassetti. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us uh, again. We Thanks really for appreciate having me. It. And what we're going to do today is we can take uh, questions via Facebook. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, go ahead and post a question, and we'll try to... seems to be working. I'm, it seems to be working. I'm watching it now. It's difficult because uh, we're speaking into the microphones for the podcast recording, but hopefully, the, uh, hopefully my iPhone, which is leaning against a coffee cup on this table in our <laughs> office, is picking up the uh, audio as well. So, uh, you know... We'll we'll uh, we'll find out afterward, I guess. And then we're we're, we're taping this, of course, uh, for our regular podcast, which will premiere or drop or whatever that word is on uh, October tenth, and it's going to be on WNHH one hundred three point five WNHH, as I said, in the city of New Haven. Also on the mic is Ansonia Corporation Council John Marini. Good morning, Eugene. Thanks a lot for joining. Off mic, also I'll note is uh, the Ansonia Economic Development Director Sheila O'Malley. She says she says hi. Although they can hear you, on, they can hear you on Facebook, so okay. it's all good. So anyway, I'm going to shut up now, which I'm sure will make everybody happy. And uh, if you have questions, you can give us a, a phone call or you can post on Facebook. Yeah, that number again is two zero three five one six zero eight four seven. And I guess just to start out with Mayor, uh, it's Wednesday, as uh, Eugene said, October fifth. Clowns, uh, man. We got to yeah, ask about clowns. Exactly. The uh, Ansonia police uh, arrested two uh, girls this morning, I guess. Yes, I got a call early this morning from Chief Hale that two uh, teenagers were arrested from the middle school. And I also got a call about a half hour ago that we've arrested uh, a student at Emmett O'Brien. Uh, for the same for, for the same thing. Clown related. Clown related. Calls. And I guess yep. we should point out one thing that's, uh, I think, confusing people. I was just talking to a random friend. What's happened in Ansonia so far is that it's just, you know, young people on social media, like Instagr Instagram, their avatar on the social media site is a menacing clown, and they're making these uh, threats at schools. We haven't had any, because uh, it's sort of hysteria running all over the country now of it, it, people exactly. dressed as clowns in the woods, but that we don't have any reports of that. Right. Although you guys did have a bear uh, in in town yesterday, I didn't. I heard, yeah. I Somebody sent us. It was a Birmingham Boulevard yeah, behind a business. Oh, okay, yeah. up and by I think it, it, yeah. it migrated up to uh, Seymour. It, yeah. it seemed like because uh, Seymour right. police uh, issued a warning about that. So, and we got another uh, post sent to us by one of our readers about a bald eagle eagle outside. Uh, we have a lot of them around Valley Discount Liquors of yeah. all places, which yeah, I thought was a lot interesting. around. Okay, we have a. First question from uh, Tanya Lucas, uh, basically uh, on that topic, says, what is the city of Ansonia going to do about the clown threats? Uh, uh, do you think it's just a copycat? Uh, yeah, I, I believe it is a copycat, and I know that the, the uh, police is, are handling it. I mean, there'll be police at all the schools, um, but they did get three people today. And one thing I think people, the public, should probably be aware of that it, it you know, it happened in Naugatuck, the similar mm, thing. It right. happened at uh, Quinnipiac University, uh, a similar thing. UConn, these are all sort of internet-driven uh, viral posts. Uh, and then we get sort of a bunch of false reports all over the place of clowns being spotted uh, in the woods and et cetera, et cetera. And we, we posted a story, a connection, or from our story we did on the Ansonia incident to a Slate article 
these sightings actually happen every couple of years. It's something sort of that that comes out, especially around Halloween. It dates back to 1981, uh, for whatever reason, started in Massachusetts. So I guess the thing, are, are you guys like advising the people uh, to sort of... Just oh, I know a lot of people. Take it easy and then... Yeah, relax. I, the police have control of the situation. Okay. Any other questions there, Ethan? Or you're, you're doing that. How did you even see that? I don't even know how you saw that. I saw it on my phone, so I, if it, I could sort of see it at an angle if a, if a question pops up. Um, but, but yeah, basically, as you said, uh, it seems like a sort of a copycat sort of thing it's the modern bomb threat you, you know i remember when, when i was in mm. high school you were mm. in high school there they, people would call them bomb threats all the time you don't really do that anymore because you're instantly caught oh i remember so. um yeah the with respect to the last there was a threat uh, at the end of the school year last year uh that person was charged within days uh of making the threat against the high school that right. case was uh and it's winding its way through court we're following it uh, we can't do that with the uh, the clown threats because they're juveniles, juveniles unless they're charged as adults, which they right. they won't be. Let's face that. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to follow up as best as we can. All right, moving on. Um, well, la like last week uh, we were talking off air. Um, you you had uh, last week you had a mayor's night out over at the Ansonia Rescue Medical Services on uh, West Main Street, detailing the. Um, referendum questions people Ansonia residents will be seeing on the election ballot in November there's uh, uh I should have prepared better for this there's uh eight questions I think yes, eight yeah eight questions uh dividing 18.3 million dollars in uh borrowing uh, uh there's like a raft of different projects that's associated with if you go to valleyindeed.org you could see a exhaustive breakdown of it uh, but I spoke to you, Mr. Mayor, after that uh, mayor's night out. About 60 people were there asking questions about it. Uh, and you're very confident that it will pass. Uh, like, why are, why are you so confident that the, uh, the referendum well, questions will pass? Well, listen, for years, nothing got done in the city. So you either do nothing or you tax people to do something or you go out to bond. Bond is a smart way to do it. I mean, there's these projects, uh, $6 million is for roads and schools and equipment for public works. Uh, $12 million is for um, the new police station. I mean, it's the smart way to do it. And I guess there was a couple questions. Everybody's doing it. Mm, there was a couple questions about uh, the police station specifically I saw in our story. And, uh, John, you responded to a couple of them, but I just wanted to... Uh, uh, you know, just note them. Uh, one was about, uh, you know, why not put like a police substation and, and keep to Elm Street as the police station? Uh, and the other, um, I think, had to. Well, if, I guess if you want to respond to that, and I could uh, I could just look. No, up we're too one. small of a city. We don't need a substation. I believe on, on the Olson Drive property be a perfect location um, for the new police station. And uh, there was a there was some discussion about this at the meeting, but there's a. Uh, that that property on Olson Drive, obviously the uh, Riverside Apartments were there. That there was a federally subsidized housing right. uh, development um, for I think low income residents. Um, they're going to redevelop that eventually with I think fifty four is Units. the current plan. Fifty four apartments there, but uh, that that reduction there used to be about one hundred and sixty there, but that reduction was contingent on the city putting the public, public safety, safety facility there. That's is correct. that correct? That's correct. So the city has to put it there uh, in order to get that reduction in density from yes. HUD, you're saying? Yes. That's the federal uh, yep. people in charge of that. Yep. Okay. 
And uh, just in terms of like some of the other projects, what, like what are the some of the highlights? You know, we, the, the the police department that's twelve million dollars. That's its own question, but there's obviously seven other questions. Right. Different we, projects. We have new equipment that we want to get at Public Works. It's all older equipment that's fallen apart, and we want to modernize it. The equipment there. Also, I want to focus in on the roads. We got 193 roads in the city of Ansonia, and for years they've been neglected. And what I'm doing is I'm I, I got a, uh, 43 of them right now that I'm looking at to do uh, extensive paving on. And with this bond money, that's what I plan on doing. And that's a there was about a million dollars in the bond for roads. Is there additional money yes. from the budget or yes, state? Yes, we get, get three hundred and forty-seven thousand from Town and Road Aid and one hundred and eighty-seven thousand from LOSIP every year. Um, but that's really not enough to cover what I want to do. Yeah, I, th- I thought like there was some meeting a few months ago where somebody asked like, how much does it cost to mill and pave and all that stuff and it wasn't it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars yes, per mile yes you so. know some so. roads need to be reclaimed reclaiming meaning having to grind the whole road up some roads need milling which we just mill the gutter lines for a reveal on the curbs but um there's a different price range on all that yeah, I'll monitor that i'm seeing it on on there don't worry about facebook live but i'll interrupt for a yeah, second because yeah, yeah. people still are asking about the clowns, the clowns. Uh, one woman, uh, Erica, points out Naugatuck teens are being charged with disorderly conduct and conspiracy to commit disorderly conduct, and she says, which uh, is a felony as of October first. Don't think that applies here at all. I don't know if that's true. These are kids; they don't, uh, they're not charged with uh, I felonies. I think disorderly conducts. A misdemeanor. Oh, yeah, I'll look that It was up. always yeah. a Class C yeah, misdemeanor. Yeah. That's changed. Uh, then somebody asked, just randomly, and I'll just add, is there any plans to cancel Halloween? Because of the clown sightings. That hasn't come up as of yet. Can't, all right, so Halloween's happening, people. No problem. Right. right. Back to you, Ethan. Go ahead. Oh, wait, can I interrupt with one other thing? Yes. I got to ask the most controversial uh, topic. Oh, yes, 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 yes. As I'm of sorry, last week, we posted a photo of uh, you at the Burger King, not Burger King, McDonald's. McDonald's on Division Street, and there was a bunch of people on Facebook saying, hey, why, were, why was Ansonia there? Why were there so many Republicans there? What were you doing in that photo? Joe, Joe Rodriguez is a personal friend of mine. He invite he had called me and asked me. He says, "You know what? A lot of your residents come to my McDonald's. I'd like for you to be there at the groundbreaking." So I said, "Sure, Joe. Not not a problem." Right across the street is Ansonia. Yeah, I was. I was. I guess I failed as a reporter. So I brought my I, I staff with me. I didn't think to ask that question, but there were yeah. there were quite a few posts uh, uh, asking about it. So that's that. Back to you, Ethan. Ethan's uh, got a notepad speaking here. Speaking of the, uh, well, I mean, speaking on the topic of like restaurants, there's there you meant the, that's something else that came up last week at that uh, mayor's night out. There's some uh, new activity on Main Street yes. coming to Main Street. Do you have any idea, uh, like just walking by where Antonio's was right. at the corner of Main and Bridge Street? Uh, there's been people inside that yeah. working for months. Uh, do you know like? Yep, I stopped I mean, in. You said soon, but I'm just wondering, like, yes. this month or, you know. Yes, this month, the, the uh, Lulu Pazza restaurant is going to open up on uh, Main Street, the old Antonio's. I was there to talk with uh, Vinny Nocha, who is the owner. He's pumped about 400000 into that uh, uh, building, and he plans on opening the end of this month. He now, and me. is he associated with Vazis? Yes, is he that? is. Okay. Yes, right. he is. And that, like, that's something people yep. will know. There's right. a sh- one same cuisine, and, uh, same cuisine, just a different name. 
Okay, and then um, across the street from that, there's uh, thigh high chicken. Yeah, is there any? He's going to. He plans. I. It's funny you're talking about this. I walked down. I talked to Vinny Nochi, and then I went in and I talked to the owner of um, Thigh High Chicken. He plans on opening up in the next couple weeks. Okay, and then uh, going across like this end of you know, I word. We're at 158 Main Street, right near the train station. Across from the senior center. The the yeah, the northern end of Main Street. Uh, there's a big uh, there's a foundation being uh, right. poured as we speak uh, yep. in uh, across the street from Massimino's. I guess they're moving essentially across the street. Yes, yes. Okay. Massimino's is uh, building a brand new building, first building in 30 years to go up in the city in on Main Street. Since since this since the building, this building we're sitting in right since now. Since this right? building exactly. Although when did uh. Somebody emailed me about that and said that the, the, uh, the big, big y, y that's technically big, on Main Street. Big, I don't know when that big went Big Y up, went so. in in ninety six or ninety ninety five. Oh, okay, so that's a little little more. This end of Main Street, right? Was the first thing in thirty years. Um, I could do a Facebook question if you so sure, sure. desire. Go ahead. Uh, I'll read a couple of comments. This is from Kenneth K T Tinney. He says he's on the clock watching my guy build our city back up. Great job, Mayor. That was Kenneth K T Tinney. Don King, great job, Mayor. What's the plan to to, to turn the old Farrell's factories into condos or something less of an eyesore? Well, right now that's under foreclosure. I mean, it's got to go through the process. Um, we have a blight lien on it, uh, which I believe I believe that we have first position over the bank on. And now, which uh, for, for my five hundred one? Yeah, I guess I'm just asking to you. This yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, 501 I'm not even sure what, East which Main ones. Street, that's the old Farrell process lab. Right. Okay. Uh, if you walk by uh, Main Street, there's a bunch of boards over its lower floors, the windows on the lower floors. Um, and I, I saw, I haven't looked up the court file yet, but I just saw in City Hall, there was some sort of filing. Uh, the, the owner's in bankruptcy and his lender, uh, there seemed to be some sort of filing recently, but I don't know whether that's the lender taking... John Marini, Corporation Counsel, weighing in. Uh, there was a recent filing on behalf of the city of Ansonia um, indicating that the city will pursue eminent domain. This is a critical property when you talk about the future of the city. You have a, a very large structure uh, in the middle of Main Street and in the middle of a lot of economic activity. And this blighted building is an impediment to future growth. It needs to be developed. And unfortunately, you had an individual uh, in, in the form of an LLC called Washington Management that took this property to speculate, that does not have the capacity to develop, and that is unfortunately sitting in the way of further activity and further development in the city of Ansonia. And so we've been involved in the process from the beginning, placing a very large blight lien on the property to give the city a place at the table and some leverage, and also to push for the for improvements for the health and safety of our residents and, and for and for economic development, um, Washington Management went into bankruptcy. The uh, the Shaw is actually not the lender; they purchased the note, the mortgage note, and foreclose on Washington Management. We joined the um, essentially joining the foreclosure, given the, that we hold an interest on the property in the form of the lien of the blight lien, and the Washington Management declared bankruptcy. So right now you have all three parties talking about this in bankruptcy court, 
and we've made it clear that the city intends to move for eminent domain. We can't see this drag on any longer. That was my question. Yeah, how long can this possibly, if, they, if it stays in bankruptcy and foreclosure? I know I had a, a foreclosed house across the street from me in Derby, and that was in there for four years. It just yeah, the, sat sy- and- the system could be exploited. I mean, if you, if you could work the system, you could ride it out, you could waste a lot of time. And we know that likely uh, Washington management is hoping to make money off of this, is hoping to ride the system out, to buy time, and the city's not going to stand for that. Right. So the city and, might step in and do that eminent domain. Well, we've to, indicated to, to the it. bankruptcy court that we are we, that we are moving forward with eminent domain. The part of that is like you have eminent. To, see, I, see, that's why I'm not the attorney. You I have say to eminent. give up fair market value for the property. Yes. Could that be deducted from the blight lien, or would the city have to come up with you know to however much that is theoretically worth in fair market value? The blight or, lien would have to be paid back. Or yeah, there's you'll probably work out some sort of deal with a property is not worth anything at this right. point. And then ne- immediately next to that property, basically adjoining it, there's two city-owned buildings that you've been uh, negotiating for months uh, to sell to a developer, Jerry Nosarino, who owns he, he owns the building that Antonio's is in, for example, and a, a bunch of buildings across the street on Main Street, Northern Main Street. Um, he's a developer. He owns a bunch of properties in the area. Uh, at the last at last month's alderman's meeting, the alderman voted to. Uh, basically schedule a public hearing on that sale. Um, what's the status of that? Like, is the city wants to, to move forward with that redevelopment. He wants to build about 90 apartments, I guess. Is that still That's correct. Uh, We're going to have the public hearing soon. And then, like, what, what could you outline the deal, essentially? Is it uh, the city's going to... Um, he, he's going to redevelop the apartments, and the city has some sort of uh, deal in place to For keep the senior, the senior center. center? Correct. Uh, to move the senior center one building over, essentially, is that right? To 497 East Main Street, to we're going to remodel that. That's also a, one of the referendum questions to use utilize that money. And you said the 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 that that's 500,000, sort of up to 500,000. Right, that's one of the questions that but, includes the parking. Um, and and yeah, tell us about the what, like what's the what's the parking? Uh, the parking. If you if you look at the East Main parking lot where it ends on the corner of Kingston and East Main. What I want to do is I want to go 350 feet n- north towards the steps of the library, dig that all out, and make parking in there. I probably could get 140 parking spots right there. And then that's to uh, basically uh, that would accomplish what exactly? That, that would help parking the... for the new apartments that are coming in. Okay, that would be part of, part of the deal with yes. No Serena would be right. uh, to, for the city to provide parking, I guess? It, to, just, to kind of go into this a little further... Um, parking happens to be one of those uh, negatives that cause uh, our city-owned buildings and even 501 to be a development obstacle. And the city's taking the position that these obstacles to development have to be eliminated. That's essentially Ansonia's role in the process. Um, obviously, we're a governmental entity. We want to see private development. Our role is to make sure that our city properties um, their city properties are clean, that they can go forward without these obstacles, these challenges that have scared developers and investors away for so long. And when you talk about the heart of downtown, an obstacle is parking. If you're going to put mixed commercial and residential into ATP and Palmer, and if you're going to do that in 501, you have to address the issue that there is not adequate parking. And if there is adequate parking, these projects are not going to pass the requirements of our land use boards, planning and zoning. 
So the city is looking forward to utilize state funds, grant funds that we already have allocated for downtown development to, in the most reasonable and cost-effective way, expand the parking. Now, there are a number of different ways that this could be done, and our engineers are exploring all of them. One commitment that, that is likely to be a part of the agreement with Copper City for the ATP and Palmer building is simply to, to guarantee that the project will be able to satisfy the parking requirements. How that's going to be done is yet to be seen because we're still exploring the best ways to do so. We know it can be done, but we're looking very carefully to find the most cost-effective way to do it. And there are many different ways to do that on East Main Street. Mayor talked about possibly closing the road. Right. There's the idea of making the road one way and adding spaces on both sides. And there's the idea of expanding the East uh, Main Street lot by uh, expanding into the, uh, into the, into the, the, uh, the cliff there. Yeah, I was thinking of closing down East Main, putting a, putting a turnaround down by Eagle Hose. And that road is very wide. It's mm. wider than Main Street, and you could have v vertical parking there. But the the whole, I mean, the overall picture is how do we incentivize the investment of about nine, ten million dollars into the ATP and Palmer building? And when you look at it from that angle, um, you realize that we have to make sure that our buildings don't have, don't bear these obstacles that are going to scare away an investor, that are going to make a project simply uh, not feasible to somebody like Copper City. And so that's the angle that we're approaching the deal from. We know that we're, we're, we're trying to lure $9 million of investment in. How do we make it happen? I guess the flip side of that, though, is if they're going to put 9 to $10 million of investment in, wouldn't them building a few parking spaces be a, a drop in the bucket? Like, what? why can't they uh, do their own parking? Like, isn't any, like, most development stories i write that it's you know people build their own parking why, why the, does the, the parking makes sense not just for eight yeah it, it's a good question the parking makes sense not just for atp and palmer it makes sense for the city and it makes sense for any future investment particularly in the 501 building so this is one area that actually the city is very well suited to get involved in and help and the nine million goes to the rest of the development of the building, and we want to see that commercial development be first rate. We want to see those apartments be first rate. Um, we want to see them attract more investment, more investment that gets put into those properties. The more value those buildings will have, that's going to, of course, increase the tax revenue and lower the tax burden for the rest of the downtown and the rest of the city. So we have to be very strategic where we help and where we don't help. And in terms of the parking, this is the perfect opportunity for the city to get involved because there's such a wonderful crossover with the rest of the needs of the downtown and also the needs of simply the residents that are coming downtown to shop and to visit City Hall, post office, and, uh, and anything else uh, our downtown has to offer. And that's uh, Ansonia Corporation Council, John Marini. This is Eugene Driscoll on Valley Naval Gazing on WNHH 103.5 FM out of New Haven. Our other guest today is Ansonia Mayor David Cassetti. Uh, we're taping this. So if you're listening to us live right now on Facebook and you can't get through, I've noticed that when I'm refreshing some of the comments, they disappear. So I apologize if I'm losing comments. But the phone number, you can call us direct at 203 516 Again, it's 203 Four, seven. We have a question from a reader on Facebook named Lisa Kennedy. She asks, new fire departments in the area of the projects, and I believe she's referring to 
Olson Drive, the former housing on uh, Riverside Drive. Is there, uh, or the Riverside Apartments, whatever they were called? Well, Lisa, my plan was to have a new police department along with a new fire department, but we brought it before the fire department and they voted it down. They didn't want it. Um, We would need an extra two acres of land for that, two and a half acres to be exact, uh, for that, but they voted it down. They don't want it. They, They want to have their clubhouses. And no one's living in the Riverside Apartments right now. Is there a, uh, when is the, the, the rest of it going to be torn down? It looks it's like in it's... the process right now. They're remediating the insides of, of the building, getting everything cleaned up with the asbestos and the uh, contaminants that are in there. And then they're going to start demoing probably in the next month. Okay. And in terms of the uh, fire department, you just uh, referred to it as a, as a club which might ruffle some firefighter feathers. I know there's obviously a lot of tradition in each firehouse. Well, they Is said that it sort themselves. Of what? They said it okay. themselves that it's, it's a, uh, a clubhouse. They viewed it as a club because sure. it's just a... There are, there are a lot of fire departments in Ansonia. I understand it. Firemen, whatever. Yeah, I, there, listen, there's, I, brought, I brought the offer up for them. Yeah, this is, I, I we think, have a new, new yeah, yeah. fire department, and they, didn't, they voted it down. I said, whatever. Remember, there, there's a social element to those right, firehouses that help attract volunteers. And there's a history that, that goes back there, there's a, there's a hundred history, years right. for But each even house. if we're talking more practically, okay, there's right. a history and there's a tradition. But at the same time, there's a social element that attracts volunteers. Now, if you put the price tag of a volunteer firefighter uh, force against a paid force in another right. town, you're going to see dollars. a huge difference. Uh, there's no way that you could afford a paid force without drastically increasing the taxes, without significantly increasing the budget. Right. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of benefit that comes from a strong volunteer force. And our history, the tradition, and some of the social element helps. Okay. And there's no doubt we have volunteer firefighters, but they're of the highest degree. We have volunteer firefighters that, that are professionals in every sense of the word. We got and the I best, think it's an amazing benefit to the city. We got the best fi- volunteer fire department in the state, and Sony, I'll tell you right now. I know that for a fact because I've worked with them. Okay. Yeah, and Ch- Chief Tremblay has certainly done a, a wonderful job, too. Um, and, and just reading a couple other uh, comments here. This is from a Nikki Duarte. Uh, police station would be perfect where the old Riverside Apartments were. Ashley Sloan is asking live with David Cassetti or John Marini. I guess it would be an and or. Uh, Lisa Kennedy says, thank you, Tony. Tony Mamone, please have it under control. I think there's a separate conversation. There's a separate show happening on our Facebook page oh, okay. where people are still talking about the clowns. All right, back to you, Ethan. We have, uh, this is 26 minutes into this uh, podcast so far. All right, just a few other uh, questions. Um, I saw the uh, Ansonia Democratic Party uh, getting very active on Facebook recently. Uh, check them out if you haven't. Uh, but they asked a question uh, late last month. Uh, what asking basically what what's going on with the Riverwalk? There was a grant announced for that a right. while back. Is that going to be finished? Yeah, that, what's that going bid on? is coming out very soon for the extension of it to go to print, uh, Pershing Drive. Okay, and does, hold on. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to vamp for a second. I'm going to take this microphone. Okay. and try to see if I can get uh, vamp uh, economic. I almost called you Derby <laughs> Economic Development Director because I'm always stuck in Derby. But here is Sheila O'Malley. This, this is Sheila O'Malley, the Economic Development Director for the City of Ansonia, talking Hi. about the Riverwalk. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Um, no, just a couple of comments. The, the Riverwalk has taken a very long time, and, and there are two reasons for that. And the first was that the City of Ansonia, when this administration came on board, didn't have enough money to complete the Riverwalk project. So what we did was we secured an additional $400,000 for the project. The second reason, and it's and it's uh, 
it's a major reason is the permitting process. And we are still waiting on a dam safety permit. Um, that's not dam safety permit. That's a dam safety permit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, <laughs> we're still waiting on that. And and once that once that's complete, we're set. We'll be set to go out to bid uh, within the next couple of months. So that segment eight will be um, forthcoming very shortly. And we're actually planning a segment nine. So we're going to look for more money to do a segment nine, which may take us into the downtown. And then while while you're holding the mic, I'm wondering if if, if you could comment. Uh, they uh, the Democrats also had a lengthy post uh, uh, Sunday, I think it was, talking about uh, uh, the need for a master plan, an economic master plan. Uh, they referenced that event in Derby a couple weeks ago, where you know there was a, a basically a planning uh, discussion, and they're saying why hasn't something like that happened? In Ansonia, like what is what is the administration doing to plan downtown development? Uh, if you wanted to take a whack at that one, yeah, that's a that's there's a there's a lot um, I could say about that. And Corporation Council has a better history of of a plan, I guess that the the city did quite a while ago. They did plan, they did a charrette, they did public meetings, and um, I have the plan. It's sitting on my desk. If you'd like to look at it, and it's been sitting there since I got since I got to Ansonia. Um, it does it doesn't give you a whole lot of guidance. I think in Derby, what what their plan's going to tell them after three years is that you're going to need mixed use retail, residential development in the downtown area. And um, I, I guess what we're doing is we're trying to address each piece of property in the downtown. We've got a plan for each piece of property. So we're, we're well on our way. We're actually at the next step. They're still planning. We're moving towards redevelopment. So I, th I think we've, we've progressed on to the next step. And um, we, we prefer, and the mayor prefers action as opposed to planning. And that's, that's the, um, the goal of any plan uh, and of any study, is to eventually progress to action, to actually achieve results. So we're far beyond the studying and the planning phase. You know, we say this a lot. You know, it's come up a lot, this little um, way of describing it. But it's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, a kid, and I have two six-year-olds, so I, now I could really relate to this. But it's like, you know, your kid's room is a mess. It's a horrible mess, and you got laundry and toys strewn all over the place. And uh, the mom comes in and says, well, you know, you, you know, son, you really need to clean your room. You need to get this in order. And the kid actually comes back and says, well, that's a wonderful idea, mom. I just need a plan. I need to figure out how I'm going to do it, what order I'm going to do it in, and then I'll be able to start. And the mom, I mean, and or the dad, you know, would look at the kid and say, listen, you could start by picking up your dirty underwear that's right in front of your nose. Um, and that's the situation we have here. The problem in Ansonia is we've had problem properties with very obvious challenges and obstacles, many environmental, many brownfields related. But you have other challenges. We described the parking being one of them. So you have these obvious challenges. And if, if the city is not going to fulfill the proper role of a government and facilitate development by, by eliminating these obstacles, by developing strategies to, to get funding to remediate a brownfield and to expand parking, then the city is not going to move forward. This isn't Disney World. It would be wonderful if it was, if this was a privately owned theme park and we could decide, you know, we're going to have an international showcase of restaurants. We'll just pick. 
you know, we're going to have the German restaurant here, we're going to have the uh, Chinese pavilion over here, and we're going to have a, a, a ride down the street. That's not the way development works. You know, there's a market reality. Developers will invest when they can make a return on their money. And so it is absolutely fruitless to pick and choose exactly what type of business you're going to get. You're just setting your hopes up to be, dis you're setting yourself up to be disappointed and get your hopes dashed. The way it works, the way it really works, is to develop a plan to make these properties here in Ansonia as attractive as possible for development, to get, these, uh, to get the right investment in. That's actually exactly what's going on. So we've had the studies. We've realized the community wants mixed use. They want a mix of commercial, residential. They want a walkable downtown. We've even had a great job done by our even our prior planning and zoning, putting together a city center plan to block some undesirable uses. Um, and so now we know where we want to go. And online the question is, how do we achieve? Was online newspapers part of that list? I heard. Oh, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> Uh, but I rudely interrupted. I'm sorry. No, no we're, in, we're in the action phase. And the, the bottom line is we would not be able to be, be getting this money. The state, federal, uh, the state and federal governments don't give money unless you have a plan. So every time we're getting dollars, whether it be for the downtown, copper and brass, feral, road ready, it's because we actually have articulated a very smart plan. We've shown that we have a use for the money. That's why we got it. We already had the plan. Now it's time to perform. Um, you know, we, we, the Democrats have a lot to offer. They always have. Um, and I think in the past they've been very uh, dedicated to, to public service in the form of our emergency services, being very outspoken advocates for volunteerism. I don't know where that's gone. I don't know when they decided to carve out a role for themselves as the backseat driver of the city. Uh, but to be honest, we'd be fine with that. We could take all the advice uh, that, that people are willing to give us. We just wish that as a backseat driver, they'd be more focused on getting to a destination instead of perpetually calling for a U-turn. But one thing we won't do is go back. We're not turning back. Ethan Fry, your next question. Uh, you for said, Mayor like, part, part of what John just said was, like, you know, you can't uh, pick out, you know, what stores you want and stuff. But the, I think the last time you were on our podcast, you said, I want a Buffalo Wild Wings and right. a, a Petco over at that property uh, near the Target. So, so which which that's, is it? Like, that, I mean, well, there, there's going to be a couple stores there. The, the land is big enough to put in a PetSmart and a restaurant. And I picked Buffalo Wild Wings because every time I go to Milford, with my children there, because they like Buffalo Wild Wings, I see all Valley kids there. I said, so why not have one here right here in Ansonia? Well, that that's a perfect example, Ethan, because, you know, the mayor wants a Buffalo Wild Wings. We talked to the developer, and that's not necessarily what might go in there. I mean, he's got an idea of what the what the city would, you know, what the mayor would like to see there. But it, it the developer and the market determine what those projects are actually going to look that, correct. Uh, there was like environmental testing. Is that still going on with that property? Do you know? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. So we'll hopefully see some movement on that in the future. You'll see a, clo a closing coming up. Oh, okay. Oh, hold on. Uh, got a question on Facebook. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. The public takes priority over uh, Ethan and I babbling. This is from, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name and I apologize in advance. I'm just a poor, ignorant Irishman. Tarek Raslin. Yeah. I think that's Derek the Raslin. correct pronunciation. Awesome. He's the, the fellow that right. writes the Facebook posts on the Democrat uh, website. What does Mayor Cassetti believe are the city's top five assets, and what does he believe he can do to develop those assets? The ATP in Palmer Building is an asset. 
that we're going to turn over to a developer. We have brand new Farrell's building up here. I retained them from leaving the city. Oh, when's that going to open? That that's that's, that's that's just about. They're already moved in. They're oh, already wow, moved okay. in. I wanted to try to have my state of the city address there, but we're going to do it at Emmett O'Brien. Uh, by the way, I got to give you the dates on all that, so you'll know. So that was two, and then what are some other assets? Education uh, system, definitely. I mean, the education system, I mean, definitely needs an overhaul. Downtown. Or redeveloping downtown. I mean, from north to south, uh, Main Street is growing. I mean, new restaurants are coming in. Okay, back to you, Ethan. That was, I think that answers Mr. Raslin's question. You just said the education system needs an overhaul. That's something that was obviously a big sticking point in the last... Your budget. budget process, You're right? And it's I'm, going to be another sticking I'm, point. I'm thinking this it year. will again. So, so how how what do you plan on doing differently, or if anything, we need to sit what? down with the board of education uh, uh, members and the, state, and, the state. and the state, and we need to find out from our representatives if there's going to be a change in November. I don't know, but about getting the CCS money. I mean, the education cost sharing. I mean, we're, we're shortchanged by 28 percent. Um, from from uh, other towns. And just by way of background, that's uh, a state grant, um, right. or a, a grant administered by the state right. uh, that pays at, at least 50% of the uh, Board of Education's costs year to year. Right. Uh, but uh, a coalition, coalition of towns sued the state, um, saying that they're still shortchanging the towns. And a judge uh, ruled in the town's favor, essentially, but the state is now appealing, appealing it, it. And it's tangled up in the courts. Mayor, let me ask you, do you think uh, that the, the, the recommendations from that, that court decision that the, that the judge made, uh, do you think it'll change anything? Do you actually, will we see a day when Ansonia gets more money for education or is this all? Yes, I believe, I believe with change of administration, you'll see, a, you'll see we'll, we'll be getting our 100%. So if Malloy gets yep. booted out, okay. I think it's also up to the cities to work together. I think now is the time to band together and demand answers. And I think the state needs to be held accountable. What I if, think George Jepson needs to come down to Ansonia and come down to the Valley and explain why he's appealing this case. We've read the reasons. They're nonsense. Ansonia, Derby, Seymour, the Valley towns, they deserve to be treated fairly. Has the city, has City Hall been in contact with uh, our lawmakers in Hartford to talk about this education meet, case we, and, and we, where it stands? We meet with Linda and Joe on a regular basis to tell them to go get this money. I mean, and it's really up to them. And in terms of doing our part, you know, the, uh, the mayor and his team, the board, have really stepped up in terms of funding for the Board of Education. Over the last three years, we've had an average of a little over 3.5% increase to the Board of Ed, and that's up from about 1.8% average over the eight years before. In fact, one year, um, one year uh, in the prior administration, zero. they got a zero increase, and that had a, lot, a damaging impact on the schools, set them back. We're trying to uh, make up for that. We're trying to, to give funding as fair as the town could afford. Unfortunately, you have a situation where the community is on the rebound. You have taxpayers and residents that are seriously stressed out. Um, unemployment is, 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 is higher than it should be. Um, the economy is rebounding slowly here. We're doing as best as we can to put things back on track, but um, we have to deal with the reality that um, we can't, and this is why ECS was created, because the town can't shoulder the entire burden that the state is forcing onto, onto our local board of ed. So we need to band together. This is a, we're in a similar situation with Derby and Seymour. This isn't unique. We need to uh, be. We really can't be afraid here. We need to band together and demand that the system is run fair. If the system was run fair, there wouldn't be an issue. 
And I just want to uh, uh, admonish Ethan Fry for not turning off his ringer on his phone. Cause now. I thought you had already. <laughs> um, that's probably what you heard in the background. Uh, we had another question from uh, Tarek. Sorry uh, if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, does Mayor Cassetti want to see the city of Ansonia grow in population and in development? If so, by how much and what would the city need to do to help facilitate that growth? Right now, what is it, 16,000 people? No, we got, got 18,500, 18? okay. and I think that's about it. We're 6.2 square miles. I mean, I don't think um, we really need more people. But, but the question, I mean, again, I think you have to bring in the idea of a market. This is not Disney World. I mean, that would be a wonderful question if we're going to ask the CEO of Disney World if he plans on expanding the resort. This is a living, breathing community, and it's going to grow depending on how uh, lucrative the investment is here in terms of the business community and in terms of you know residential. I mean, it's all going to depend on whether or not it makes sense to move a business or a family here. This is a market-driven economy. This is not Soviet Russia. So... You know, there's, there's an extent that you could answer the questions. Obviously, everyone wants uh, uh, the community to grow, to move forward. But really, we're talking about quality of life. And we're also talking uh, about affordability, being able to live here, to afford Ansonia, to have the highest quality of life possible. That is where the city of Ansonia, the government, can make a difference. It is not a central planning committee. And then I'll just, uh, changing the subject slightly here, one thing I just wanted to ask about quickly, uh, as John, uh, Corporation Council John Marini was talking just there, one thing that I've seen as a reporter in some of these towns and covering uh, a Derby and Ansonia, and when you get down sometimes to what uh, sort of dampens progress in the communities, a lot of times it comes down to personal disagreements that you'll see between people behind the scenes. Mm. I think to Derby that's played out uh, to some extent where you get uh, personal disagreements that become political disagreements, uh, and suddenly there is a, is a uh, divide within the uh, politicians. How are you and the president of the Board of Aldermen getting along now? Because it was it, the, the, over the last couple of months, there was sort of a nasty series of yeah, dust-ups. We've had differences of opinions on things, but I think basically we, work, we hash everything out. When, when it comes time to vote on something that's positive for the city of Ansonia, we're all on board together. Yeah, we have our differences, like any other. We, everybody got their own mind. I mean, we're not a stamp like it was in the previous administration. We we all have our own mind, and we all have our own ideas. But together, we work them them problems, and in the end, we all vote for what's in the best interest of the city. So they're, we're there together. And, and both of you are big Trump fans, so you have right. that to uh, <laughs> unite you, I guess. Yes. Uh, I don't, did you see the vice presidential No, debate? I watched bits and pieces of it because I had my daughters downstairs with their friends, and I said, I can't watch this. I want to watch it in my son's room, so I watched a little bit of it. Okay. Because yeah, I, like, I, was, I was just wondering if like the, the main motif of it, uh, Tim Kaine, Hillary's vice presidential candidate, right. people said he interrupted him a lot. Oh, a lot interrupted of Pence a lot. I heard it on the news um, this but morning. But he, he repeatedly asked Pence, like, please defend Donald Trump saying, uh, you know, Putin is a strong leader. Uh, we have to deport 12 million people or more. Uh, women should be punished for abortions. Saudi Arabia should have nuclear weapons. We should ban Muslims from entering the country. And, uh, I mean, these are all things that Donald Trump has said on, on, on video in most cases. And Pence just sort of denied he said any of them. And I was just like, can, like how, 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 I guess, 
Are you comfortable voting for someone who said all of those things? Yeah, you why? know, I, I, I'm for Donald Trump. I mean, I mean, I don't want Hillary Clinton in there. But, you know, I told you from day one that I'm against his immigration policy. I told you that in the past. I, I think there's a better way to uh, come up with it. And I'm sure with the advisors he's going to get, he's going to take the right advice. Okay, sorry, I just got a, a low battery warning on my phone, so if, if, the, if, the, if the feed just disappears suddenly, uh, that's why. That's um, not us cutting the uh, the feed, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the, we're, I mean, we're at the 43-minute mark. We only have a couple of minutes left. I mean, I guess oh, okay. the uh, uh, from Facebook, Francesca Valenti Hyman. Hi, Dave, she says. <laughs> uh, then uh, Mar Marianne Margansky, what is going on with the blighted homes? Any more progress? From Marianne Margansky. There, there's a lot going on with the blight. I mean, you know, of all our departments that we have, arms, my office, and the blight office is the only one that's making money. I mean, we're out there uh, finding people for blighted phones. Now, do you have a full-time uh, blight officer? Yes. Is it Okay. Yeah. And I know that your law has been nicknamed the Godzilla. Godzilla. The Godzilla of blight, blight law, right? And it's been, uh, Derby's using it as well. Right. Uh, I mean, Very that's an active program. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, I mean, there's so many blighted properties because we're so densely populated in right. Sonia and Derby. Uh, you know, it's almost like sometimes it seems like well, you, you get one yard, it's like a drop in the bucket because the problem is so vast. It's like a whack-a-mole. Yeah, know? You yeah. Put one down, two more come up. Right. Put those down, another one comes up again. How many of you? How many of you uh, cleaned and leaned? Do you guys have a, a number of how many you've got? Yeah, the state in there of the city, we're going to roll out those statistics. At this point, there's quite, there's quite a number, and we're working on ways to make the program even more efficient and effective. In fact, we're rolling out. It's going to be a little preview of state of the city, but we are rolling out a redesigned city website and also a smartphone app. And part of that smartphone app will focus on blight. It will actually give residents the ability to take a picture and send the GPS coordinates of a blighted property or, or location directly to the city, to our blight department, and to follow up on the progress of the complaint. So we're trying to empower residents with the ability to report these conditions, and we're trying to improve response time as, as much as possible. You really went from a part-time department to a full-time department. Now you have a full-time blight enforcement officer, and at the same time you also have a full-time land use administrator. And this has helped not just in the area of blight. This also helps with applications to planning and zoning. It helps with businesses trying to open, residents trying to make improvements to their home, just making the community, uh, the community services more efficient and uh, more, uh, more courteous and, and available to the residents. Uh, one thing I just wanted to ask about, uh, last year you announced a state grant for the reconstruction of Wakely Avenue. Yes. And I guess there's going to be a hearing. Yes. November 2nd at 6.30 at Arms on West Main Street. That's correct. What is that going to be? Is that going to be the well, that, unveiling of the design or what? Yes, it's going to be unveiling of the design, but we're also going to have questions. You know, a lot of the residents up there and the businesses have concerns, and we're going to answer their concerns. They're concerned that, they're, that it'll affect their business if there's Well, so not only there's been a lot of construction. About the granite, will there be granite curbing? Yes, there's going to be granite curbing. That, that was a, that was a, a concern raised at the... Uh, Right. Mayor's night out. You know what's um, been looking good? I don't know if you guys, right in front of uh, Ingrid's Mark there, and in Ingrid's Mark, Division Street there where they repaved, and uh, right. did up near the, the cancer center, the whole right. added extra mm -hmm. lanes, that looks really good. And uh, the, the new ramp there that the state put in. Right. It's uh, a speedway. Is, well, but you know, oh, you're getting on. You don't like getting on it? See, I like that, because the other ones, you're just kind of dropped into the highway. Right. This new one has that long. Right. 
I'm a fan. Oh, yeah. it's a 17 is. I'm I mean, a yeah, runway. you get you get the the feast and it is a runway from uh, 17 to 18. Yeah. But I'm I'm driving a Pontiac Vibe with 150 thousand miles on it, so it's like it takes me that long to get up to 55. So I appreciate it. Okay, so, so should we ask one last? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, Tarek has one last uh, uh, question. How how critical has State Representative Linda Gentile and Senator Joseph Crisco been? in bringing the hundreds of millions of dollars of state funding to Ansonia. Yeah, I, a, a part of getting money is working with everyone, working with uh, the senator, with the representative. We've worked with Rosa DeLora. We've worked with Chris Murphy's office. But listen, we've, we've had meetings in Hartford, many meetings in Pennsylvania, meetings in Washington, D.C., you know, part of being a successful administration is to work with absolutely everyone. But it does start with a plan. Without a plan for funds, you don't get funds. If you don't put a purpose together for funds, uh, you're not going to be successful. And that's where the mayor uh, really plays the biggest role here, is their vision of what, strategically what funds are we going to target? What use do we have for these funds? How, how is it going to make the maximum impact in Ansonia? And uh, that's where the, the mayor has been a true leader. In terms of steering the direction of the, of the strategy for the city. And, of course, working with all parties, whether they be Democrat, Republican, in Washington or in Hartford, to get the job done. And the and job's is, getting done. Is there a risk, he, he asks this, and it's probably a good question for Ansonia and, and Derby, I think, because I think that sometimes myself, is there a risk of over-relying on state funds for the future development I of actually Ansonia. saw that comment come up, I, I believe, on his Facebook posting for the Democrat Party. The interesting thing here, so these state funds, right, are being used strategically to remove obstacles on properties that will then be developed and will start to generate revenue. So think of it as seed money. You're using this state money to basically create a large return on investment. Once, for example, you use state money to remediate a brownfield uh, property, and the brownfield property turns from contaminated blight it's an to a revenue. Um, yeah, it turns from an albatross to an opportunity. It starts to generate tax revenue, right? Well, that's a return on, a return on investment that is going to last for years and years and years. And it's, it's not – you're not becoming um, attached to state funds. You're using it in a strategic way that's going to help uh, generate more tax revenue and make the city self-sustaining. And then chill them out. Just, yeah. to, just to add to that, oh, sorry, Ethan, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Just to add to that, Ansonia is a distressed municipality. We're trying, we're trying to even the playing field with our properties for redevelopment. So how do you do that? You create incentives. You, you go after every pot of money that is out there. You look at every kind of uh, available incentive and use that as a tool to attract business development so and, and this you know the state funds are there for that purpose we have a right to fight for those state funds and to make sure they're used strategically you're right if you start depending on a state grant year after year after year that is an issue but if you're strategically using state grants to improve properties and to generate revenue in the long term you're on the right track but i would also add this is very important this city has played a huge part, a major, major part in building the state of Connecticut. When you talk about the industry that's going on here, you talk about the jobs that built not only the state, but helped build this country in terms of defense, in terms of industry. And now we have a city that's left to try to clean up this mess. They deserve help. They deserve support. The residents deserve that aid because of the role that the families here 
and the workers here have played for so, so long. It is absolutely unfair for the, the, the residents of this city to have helped build this state and then get left last in line when it comes to remediation dollars and when it comes to economic development. So we're fighting for something, uh, not because we think we're entitled to it, but because it's fair, because this is, this is what Ansonia deserves after what we've helped uh, do for this state and for this country. And that's uh, Antonio Corporation Counsel John Marini. And I should point out, if you're watching on Facebook, we're not turning the camera because it would just be we're low rent and we have our uh, Ethan's iPhone is against a dirty coffee cup. That's uh, a clean so that's, coffee that's cup. That's probably why you're, well, no, there's some stains on this <laughs> side. That's probably, that's why, you, if you're wondering why you're seeing Mayor Cassetti the whole time, that is uh, the reason why. And We've got a great question. Can I just ask uh, a question from our... Irene? Yes. Right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I was right, going to yeah. ask the same one. Go ahead. She uh, wants to know what's going on with the Hilltop Health Center building. Uh, and then she says, you know, some of us still don't have jobs. I was in that building for 12 years. Now it's going on four years. She's unemployed. Uh, but, yeah, what's the latest? That's a, that, that was the former nursing home that went out of business up there. On Ford and, Street. And Sheila O'Malley, the Ansonia Economic Development Director, is motioning for the microphone. <laughs> Thanks. Eugene, um, they did have the site, the private owners had the site listed with a broker. They took that site and it was listed for quite some time and they had a, um, they had an interesting tenant to do a um, assisted living facility and that deal um, did not pan out. And so now the private owners have taken it off the market. I think they're still interested in selling, but they don't have it. As far as I know, they don't have it listed with a broker. So we're, we're trying still, to... And there was like a conglomerate healthcare company that was shutting down essentially a bunch of its facilities when it shut down a few years ago. Is that... Is, are they, do they still own the, uh, the building? They do. That's correct. It's almost like a Ford Motor Company when they shut down Healy Ford and it's the same type situation. So we've been trying to work with the with uh, the company to see where their what their plans are and um, try to move that project along as best we can. And then then there was uh, like the 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 rumor when it was closed was that hey they just want to close it fire everybody and then uh, because there was a union shop essentially and they want to restart it again with no union employees but I guess that hasn't. Uh, that plan hasn't panned out, I guess. Yeah, we haven't seen any indication of them rebuilding. Okay. And I think my phone just died. Well, I ended I ended the oh, Facebook okay. broadcast because your, uh, your phone was dying. Yeah. And I figured you might have questions because I know it was very disjumbled. And I, I, uh, I thank everybody for, for putting up with us, but I just thought that would be something fun to do. We had 460 people watching uh, as we were doing that. So Facebook is effective yeah. uh, for us if we only had their money. Ethan, is there anything else you wanted to touch upon uh, no, as, as we close out? I think I covered all my, uh, my questions. Uh, anything else coming well, up that people should know about? The State of the City address, October 27th, 7 o'clock at Emmett O'Brien, the new school. You get a chance. I'm going to talk to them about getting a um, demonstration to dry, walk through the shops and stuff like that, if people would like to see that. And then, of course, you already mentioned November 2nd is the Wakely Avenue hearing. Okay, so again, that's uh, October 27th, 7 p.m. at Emmett O'Brien. That's the state of the city address. Okay, anything else, Eugene? Now, why don't you uh, take us home? Is that even a phrase? <laughs> You've been listening to uh, Valley Naval Gazing on uh, valleyindy.org and WNHHLP 103.5 in New Haven. And uh, we, will, we will talk to you later. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.